This year is the 100th anniversary of the start of the First World War, so you can bet there will be books coming out related to the war, both fiction and non-fiction. That includes Jennifer Robson's debut novel, Somewhere in France. I really enjoyed it. Very much reminds me of season two of Downton Abbey. Lady Elizabeth wants more out of life than to marry the man her mom chooses, so she leaves her aristocratic life behind and joins the war effort, goes out to France to work at a field hospital, and falls for a poor dustman's son. Jennifer joins me on the line. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Good. So your biography says that you learned about the Great War from your dad. Was this when you were younger? It was. Uh, my dad, uh, Stuart Robson, he taught history at Trent University in Peterborough for, gosh, I guess it was close to 40 years. He's retired now and he's living in Victoria. Um, but it was a, a topic of conversation at the dinner table. Um, it was something that was very present in, in my uh, life and my sister's life. And um, I'm probably one of the few people under 70 who can sing World War One and Two fighting songs um, <laughs> with, with relative ease. Um, and, but it was an it was a topic of fascination for me from when I was very young, and it continued. I worked as a guide at uh, the Canadian National War Memorial at Vimy Ridge uh, in my late teens. Uh, I actually had the chance of meeting uh, some of the few surviving veterans. This would be in the late uh, 1980s, and um, had the chance to, to listen to them, to thank them for their sacrifices. And it had been in the back of my mind for years that I wanted to tell a, a story of the war. Um, it just took uh, until I was home with a, a newborn <laughs> and mm -hmm. time on my hands to, to get around to it. Why do you think your dad wanted this to be a, a, like a dinnertime conversation? I think he felt that it was, uh, for, for Canadians in particular, it was a topic of, of um, huge importance. Um, we were a really young nation at the time of the war. We were a small nation. Um, and we lost many, many thousands of, of men. Uh, I think it was something close to 67,000 Canadians were killed in the Great War, which was something like 1% of our population at the time. Um, that had a huge effect on our country. Um, and even today, I suspect it's, it's something uh, we, you know, it's built into our, our DNA as Canadians, I think. And so he wanted me to be aware of it. Uh, and, uh, and I, in turn, would like to to make sure that it's a topic that's not forgotten by as many people as possible. You've got a lot of details in the book about wartime injuries and, and mm -hmm. surgery. What kind of research did that take? Uh, it took, it took a, a fair amount of research uh, just through, I, I found a number of medical kind of um, texts and treatises from the time on how they were treating these, these appalling new injuries um, from shell fire machine gun fire, um, even the terribly, uh, you know, barbed wire, which was really like knives strung together in pieces of wire. Um, and then I followed that up. Um, one of my cousins is a general surgeon. Uh, his wife is an anesthesiologist. And then I have a, a friend who is a, an emergency physician here in Toronto. And the three of them looked through the manuscript and made sure that I was, I was correct in my, in my descriptions of the, of the um, injuries and the surgeries that were taking place. While you were doing that research, what do you think stood out as something that was, you know, most surprising aspect of medicine back then, or at least the biggest difference from the way it's done today? Well, it would be it would be infection control. Um, I'm no physician, but um, they had there were no antibiotics. They had very few ways of combating infections when they when they arose. Uh, so at the beginning of the war, there's this terrible epidemic of what was very uh, poorly understood at the time, and only later did they begin to figure out what was happening. It was called gas gangrene. And without to get into any disgusting details, it, um, 
the the land they're fighting on was farmland and it was full of all sorts of bacterium that once it got into your wound after you'd been wounded um it was you have these terrible bacterial infections and there was really no way to combat bacterial infections without without um antibiotics so men died by the thousands from Quite often, it could be just a cut or a scratch that they they got in the course of of um, battle, um, and it was only later in the war that they figured out through just rigorous, rigorous um, infection control, um, disinfectants, and then they would just have to be, um, uh, you know, really excise a lot of. Um, without getting into too many details, be very um, harsh in the way that they um, performed the surgery, and so men would be left with terrible scars as a result. You know, of course, there's a, a love story going on in the book as well. Mm-hmm, of course, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I've read so many wonderful books about wartime love stories. What do you think yeah. it is about the two? You know, war plus love that just makes it so, I would say, heartwarming. I think there's that feeling uh, when you're drawn into the middle of a war that um, every day can be your last. And I think that's the case for the two characters uh, that I portray. There's Robbie, the combat surgeon, and Lily, who uh, becomes uh, an ambulance driver. And while they're not in as much direct danger as a soldier standing in the front lines, uh, there's perpetually the the um, danger of, of shell fire falling and obliterating them, and it happened regularly to many of the the front line field hospitals, um, and also of of the lines being broken in a, in a push by uh, the the enemy and of being captured. Uh, so with that in the back of your mind, every day might be your last. It, it adds a certain kind of urgency to uh, you know, to, to your feelings for the other person, I think, and and I think maybe that's why, um, you know, I, I I felt there there was a, a sweetness to their romance that there might not have been otherwise, and it certainly hastened things. You know, you, there, there's that feeling that uh, if I don't make my feelings known at some point, when will I have the chance? Jennifer, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you.